Very good. Why don't you turn your Bibles to uh, Isaiah chapter 59. Anyone uh, heard of a guy by the name of Harvey Weinstein? Anyone wish they'd never heard of the name Harvey Weinstein? It appears Hollywood has a new enemy and uh, you know, took, took a um, couple of girls, Rosa McGowan and Ashley Judd, I believe, were the first two to stand up and challenge him and accuse him of, of inappropriate behaviour. And, uh, and then it feels like the rest of Hollywood said, me too. Isn't it interesting when one person stands up for something, how it makes... It gives, it gives the rest of us permission to get on board. The question is, for you, is what, what, are you gonna, what do you need to stand up for? And who is it going to get permission to get free? You know, we want to know who the enemy is, don't we? we? We love an enemy. We love the clarity of who the... You know, Hollywood's got a very clear enemy at the moment. And uh, it's, it's men who have done the wrong thing. And, uh, you know, I, I love seeing the voiceless gain of voice. I love seeing, you know, when control gets abused, um, you know, th- that, it, that it's brought to account. I love, you know, there's a Royal Commission in Australia in churches at the moment. And um, its its spread is deep. Hey, there's a Royal Commission into our banking sector at the moment. And, you know, it's, it's important that we hold ourselves to account, especially when we get into positions of of leadership and authority because sometimes when we gain a position of authority, it's very easy for us to take it for granted and assume that um, people are there for us instead of us there in service for them. And uh, so, you know, I, thought, I think it's interesting that... But we, we, it's, it's nice to have a finger to point, isn't it? And, I, you know, I always say to, uh, to my team, you know, the, the senior pastor is who we, who we choose to... Um, so that we know who to blame when our lives fall apart. And uh, so it's good to have someone out there to blame. We love an enemy to fight. But we also love, you know, I don't know, anyone catch uh, the royal wedding? A week or so ago, you know, I had 30 ladies and one man, bizarrely, remind me to, um, to have a listen to the preacher. And, um, and so, you know, I didn't see the wedding, but I, uh, I, I had a look at the preach by uh, Reverend Michael Curry. There you go. I knew I was just testing. What a champion of the faith. Would you agree? I've got a picture of the, um, the royals. Didn't seem as impressed as we were when they were listening to... Uh, to that was a photo exactly when he was speaking. And uh, that, there's, there's a bunch of photos uh, on the line showing the, the different facial expressions of the, of the royals that uh, were upstaged by the preacher. Uh, we love a champion of the faith too, don't we? We like to know who our enemy is. And we like to know who our champion is. You know, we, the story of David and Goliath does it for us as a church, doesn't it? We want to know who our enemy is so we can, so we can uh, look out, know what to look out for. You know, and uh, we like to know who our champion is so that when we find out who our enemy is, we know who to call to come and set us free. Here's the battle. You can turn that off now. Thank you, Ashley. Um, here's the battle. My greatest enemy is actually me. It's not Harvey Weinstein. It's not, it's not the head of our movement who keeps pulling me into line. 
It's not, you know, my parents, not my teacher, it's not the government, it's actually me. And the greatest champion is not my pastor, it's not the leader of our movement, it's not, the, it's not my parents, it's not, it's not the person who's going to pray for me or rescue me. The, the greatest champion of my faith is the Holy Spirit that resides in me. The greatest hope is the hope of Jesus that is in me. It's not only my greatest hope, it's the hope of the world, Jesus in you and I. This is the battle that, that we have in life, is that we're looking for who the enemy is and we're looking for who our champion is going to be. And it's not me too, I'm on board with pointing the finger at that enemy, even though they deserve it and need to be brought into account, I'm sure, I don't know. The me too for me is, who's to blame? I am. See, we need to stand up. Who's responsible for the state of humanity right now? I am. And your answer is, me too. Me too. It's interesting, isn't it? What did Jesus do? He stood on the cross. He, he, he was on the cross and, and, and he had every right after living a perfect life to point the finger at who the enemy was, the, the leaders of the Jews, the, you know, whoever, whoever he wanted to, he could point the finger at and he would have been right. But what did he do? He said, forgive them, Father, for they don't know what they're doing. That's my prayer is that we would stand up as a people of faith. Instead of looking for an enemy that's flesh and blood, we would look to ourselves and say, I am responsible. Forgive them, Father. They don't even know what they're doing. I know what I'm doing and I'm still selfish. That's the worst thing about me. I know what is right, but I'm still selfish. I know that me being selfless will actually help you get free more, help Noosa become free. But I don't do it. So who's responsible? I am responsible. See, the battle belongs to the Lord. But he wants to use us as his hands and his feet when he goes into battle. He wants us to take responsibility. And our battle is an internal battle. It's a battle between ourselves and ourselves. It's a battle between the Spirit of God that resides in this temple, in these bodies, and the bodies themselves. God wants to do business with your heart today. He wants to see you liberated. He wants you to, to, to be humble enough to say that um, when you look at the challenges in the world, to say, I am responsible. Because as soon as you begin there, as soon as you take responsibility for the state of humanity, you get to tap into the capacity of our God. Dr. Martin Luther King said, He who passively accepts evil is as much involved in it as he who helped perpetrate it. I am responsible. Hands up if you say, me too. Me too. You know, we recently gave, uh, a few weeks ago, we, we gave you two weeks of scripture every day via text. And what were we trying to do? We were actually trying to make some wine. We are actually trying to fill you with the water of this great book, the water of the word. And our prayer is that as you, as you receive the water of the word and as you, as you put it into your life, that as you give it out, that water would be turned into revelation and that revelation would liberate people. But two weeks, two weeks of verses isn't enough. It's like church. Coming to church isn't enough to transform your life. 
We, my prayer is that this place is a catalyst for you. You know, we give you two weeks of scripture. My hope is that you tap into it every day and that you, you figure out how to, how to get the water into you, how to get the content of God's kingdom into you so that when you step out, when you say, I am responsible, what comes out of you is the re- revelation of the God whose who's, who's word you have put in you. We said this, as we take time to fill ourselves with the content of God, and his word, the water, he takes that content and turns it into substance and into revelation, which is the wine. And we only realise that we have the substance. We only realise that we have wisdom and revelation when that it comes out of us. Because you say something and someone goes, wow, that blessed me. And you go, where did that come from? God gave you some words, didn't he, for you to, in, to, to input into someone else's life. You know, I had, I had the privilege of having lunch with uh, Senator James McGrath the other day and, and uh, we were talking about um, winning and losing elections. And, uh, you know, and I, you know, I'm as lost as anyone is when it comes to winning um, elections. And I don't under, you know, I, to me, one of the most horrific times in, in our lives is is uh, political campaign time. Would you agree? You know, when pretty well you know that you cannot trust anyone and they're spending your money to try and win someone else's vote. It's quite an offensive time. And I challenged Senator, because he was doing a, he was doing a um, meeting around uh, Queensland to figure out why elections were won and lost. And I challenged him and I said, our problem is that we're trying to win campaigns instead of trying to win people. And I think sometimes we get caught in the same thing in our lives. We try to win the best church service competition instead of trying to win hearts over to the king of all kings. You know, we, get try, we try to win the best dress competition instead of having the most peace and joy around our own heart. You see, the greatest thing about you is not what you look like and what you, and what you present and what you say. The greatest thing about you is the condition of your heart that you've allowed to become affected by the king of all kings. That's what's beautiful about you. That's what God sees when he looks at you. He sees the condition of your heart. We all see the outward appearance and make our judgments as we do. Ooh, doesn't uh, Joe look handsome this morning? Yes, very good. Belt smart, yes. Always, always a winner in the closet. You know what I mean? Mr Fuller's hair's been perfect for 80-some years. <laughs> what about the conditions of their heart? Mr Fuller, I don't know about the condition of his heart. You know, how is it? But the Lord knows. Hey, I don't know whether God's done business with him or Mrs. Fuller's just kept him in line for the last <laughs> 60 plus years. Only God knows. Here's whose heart's condition I do know about is mine. I know about the condition of my heart. And I know that my heart is not always good. I know that my heart gets broken from time to time. I know that, that as God shapes me and moulds me, I experience broken hearts because he gives me a glimpse of myself. Every now and then when I'm changing Arabella's nappy, you know, by the time she was two and a half, she never actually saw the contents of her nappy and I figured this is what the problem is. You know, I said, do you want to see what I have to put up with? So I pick it up every now and then and show her and go, seriously, kid, you know, use the toilet. Isn't it interesting that God shows us the condition of our heart from time to time? 
The condition of our heart is not as pure and lovely as we'd like it to be, is it? We've experienced some things in life that have hurt us, that have broken us, that have, that have shifted us. And every now and then when God shows me the condition of my heart, he breaks me a little bit. And I was reminded of that amazing verse um, that Jesus says. I can't even, someone will yell out where it is. I think it's in Matthew somewhere that said, Jesus says, you know, if, if you fall upon the rock, it will break you. But if the rock falls on you, it'll grind you into powder. You know, Jesus is the rock. If we fall on Jesus, we become all of a sudden aware of our own brokenness. I don't think it's so much the rock breaking us, but opening our eyes to see that we're already broken. See, the battle with humanity is that they're broken and they don't realise it. What Jesus said, forgive them, Father. Why? Because they're broken and they don't realise it. And their brokenness is causing me pain. You see, when we fall on Jesus, we, you know, we want it all to be perfect and roses and kittens and chocolates on the next day. But he's saying, no, if you fall on me, I'm going to reveal to you the condition of your heart. Why? Because once you see the condition of your heart, you'll stop trying to look for hope in yourself and you'll start to look for it in me. God wants to show you the condition of your heart, not so that you feel bad about yourself, so that you recognise that he is where the hope is, that he is where your restoration belongs, that it's in his great sacrifice that you can find liberty. And when you go out into the world, you'll stop pointing the finger at the world. You'll start saying, forgive them, Father, because they don't know what they're doing. They don't know the brokenness and the condition of their own heart. God wants to do business with us. You know, we spoke about God turning water into wine recently. And he said, you know, he's, he, he, he gave them a responsibility to do. He said, grab some water, put it into those pots, and then see what happens. And he's given us that same, that same challenge, hasn't he? Fill yourself with me, and then start serving humanity. Start, start taking responsibility for humanity's state. And then see what happens. See what comes out of you. See the hope that's in you that you don't even realise. Things will come out of your mouth. You know, I was speaking to the senator recently and, and I was challenging him on these things that I hadn't, hadn't actually considered before I had a conversation with him. And I walked out of that meeting saying, Wow, Lord, you were doing business with that man who I may never see ever again in my life. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that you revealed some of your hope to someone who needed to hear that hope from someone who they may never know again. You see, God wants to be in relationship with you. We think that Christ came back so that we would be healed. We think that he came back so that we could um, be successful, so that we could, you know, we could have money in the bank and, and healthy, um, healthy uh, bones and bodies and He came back so that our relationship with our Heavenly Father could be restored. He came back so that you could have relationship with God. You know, one of my favourite scriptures is is out of Psalms. It says, there may be weeping to endure in the night, but joy, King James, joy cometh in the morning. There may be weeping to endure in the night, but joy cometh in the morning. You see, when we get 
to become aware of the condition of our heart, it causes us to see the condition of our own soul, to see the depravity of our own soul, and it causes us to weep about our own brokenness. Lord, I didn't realise how far from you that I was. I didn't realise how much, um, how little that I have, how, a lack of substance, how much of a lack of substance there is in me. And as we weep and as we understand, as we see ourselves, we get to lean on him. When you see your condition and you see his condition, there's no option other than to surrender to the greatness of God. And as soon as you do, the weeping, the dawn comes and joy cometh in the morning. I love the prophetic word that that John the Baptist's father gives him. And towards the end of that word, he says, In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us to shine on those who dwell in darkness and the shadow of death and to guide our feet on the road of peace. doesn't matter how dark you are. If you throw yourself on the rock of Christ, joy is coming in the morning. And the dawn from on high is going to break into your darkness and it's going to guide your feet on the road of peace. And when you're on that road of peace, guess what? You become the most attractive person in humanity. People think they want riches. People think they want, they want um, all of these, all these sensual experiences, but they really just want peace. They don't realise it. Forgive them, Father, because they're chasing something, but they don't know what they're chasing. The world is on a search. They're on a search for a relationship with God, but they don't realise it. They're on a search for shalom, peace, wholeness, well-being. They're on a search for something they don't realise it is, but they will see it in you when you see the condition of your heart and you throw yourself on the rock of Christ and you become broken and then become alive. God wants to do business with your heart today. Will you let him? Will you let God change your heart? The battle with God doing business with your heart is sometimes he needs to show you the condition of it. He wants to show you your current status so that you can see the purity and the goodness and the magnificence of him. Here's the battle with throwing ourselves on the rock of Christ is it breaks us. It breaks us. And we don't realise that it's not God breaking us, it's us seeing our brokenness. And then if, but if, here's the battle, it's, it's when the rock falls on us, it says when, you know, it's not, it's not God breaking us, it's the lack of God grinding us. It's the fight. We wear ourselves down to a powder because we're trying and trying and trying and searching and searching, but because we don't have relationship with him, we grind ourselves down. We search and search and search and we gain some, we become the Harvey Weinsteins of this world just looking for control of our own lives. The problem is when you're in control of your life, you're hurting somebody else at the same time. Only God has the capacity to have all authority and to use it with all blessing and with all hope. Too much authority gets given to one person, we don't know how to handle it. That's why a church like this has an eldership. You know, you may see me up the front, but the reality is there's about 13 elders standing behind me looking at every word that I say, judging me, saying, you shouldn't have said that, you can say that, that's okay. We don't see them, but they are the filter of this church. They are the bottom foundation platform of this church that we build upon. 
pray for your elders. Lift them up. Ask God that he would give them wisdom so that when they challenge us, when they challenge Kristen and I, when they challenge the team, when they challenge the board, when they give us mandates to, to outwork, when they do these things, that they've been, they've been close to God. You see, and then when you go out of this place, God wants to use your heart's condition to impact Noosa and beyond with the gospel. So when you ask yourself who's responsible for this mess, I am. Your response? Me too. I love it that we get a starting platform, that without him, we're nothing. We're just part of the problem, like Dr. King said. You know, if we're not part of the solution, if we're not part of helping it out, we're actually right there next to the perpetrators. Wow, that's, that's a cold, challenging statement. As you seek out his grace, though, in your pain, when you see your heart's condition, here's the beauty. God's going to give you skills to plunder the gates of hell with what you've been liberated from. You see, all of us have a story. I talk to people all the time and and everyone's got a story. Don't get overwhelmed by the person next to you. Don't don't worry about how amazing they look. Don't worry about how pure Mr Fuller looks. Everybody has a story. You've just got to ask Mrs Fuller and I'm sure she'll tell you some stories about the condition of Mr Fuller's heart. I use them because we all know they are the holiest and (laughs) the holiest people in the church so we can use them without without, uh, actually... Thank you. <laughs> you see, when we lean on him in our brokenness and we get liberated from our brokenness, we get to be that person who sees someone in a hole, jumps in the hole with them and says, don't worry, I know my way out of this hole. You get to plunder the gates of hell because you've been there and you've got free. So you can join someone in that space and you can walk out of that space with them. God wants to use you, but first you need to acknowledge the condition of your heart. And if you'll say, Lord, show me, he will show you. If you begin to fill yourself with God's word, when, if you begin to pour it in the water, he will give you revelation. And in that revelation, he'll give you a relationship with him that you couldn't dream could happen. Joy is coming in the morning. I love in 3 John, verse 4, it says this, There is no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. That's every parent's dream, isn't it? Every parent's dream is that their children walk in the truth. You know, you know, our children can be successful or whatever in, in our financial, in financial or property or you know, their career, all these sorts of things, but our, the, there's no joy than that your children walk in truth. There's no greater joy. And as we look at our community, God wants, he wants to remind you this morning that you are the mothers and the fathers of the faith. You front row, you know, you guys, are, you guys may see yourselves as young, but you are mums and dads in our community. Why? Because he's given you insight beyond your years. Jesus was in the temple when he was 13 years old, challenging people with the gospel. He's going to use you to speak into the lives of people. He's going to use you to speak into adults in the world who, who don't have the peace that you have. The greatest gift. What did Jesus say? Peace. I leave with you. Wherever you go, God wants you to leave peace. He doesn't want you to leave angst. He wants you to leave peace. And guess what? 
The only peace you've got is his. Your peace is fleeting. Your hope is fleeting. People will put their hope in you, and then guess what? You'll let them down. I let people down all the time, and I apologise to all of those of you who have experienced it firsthand. Those of you who haven't, just wait. You know, I have this picture of, of Lucifer, the worship leader of heaven, standing at the front of the, of the angels' army of God. And the angels and the army of God are all worshipping God behind Lucifer. The problem is that Lucifer forgot that God was behind him and he thought they were worshipping him. Remember, when people see your peace, it's not you they're seeing, it's God they're seeing. When people see hope in you, it's not, it's, not your, it's not you that they have hope in. It's Christ in you is where the hope is. We forget. We forget because we forget the condition of our heart because we have Christ's hope in us. And sometimes we forget that it's Christ's hope and not our hope. When I do something amazing, sometimes I go, wow, I'm amazing. And then God says, no, no, remember your heart? Oh, yeah, that's right. Not amazing at all. You should be, you know, in the at the bottom rung of the ladder, you are influential in any way because I have given you strength and I have given you substance and my spirit is in you. If you say something good ever, it's because I have given you the words. It's a, it's a, big, it's a, it's a hard pill to swallow, isn't it? Because, man, when they give you the pat on the back, it's a beautiful pat, isn't it? Wow, how amazing. Is Jamie. He just strums that guitar like it's heaven, heaven before us. You know what I mean? Isn't he amazing? Oh, you know, Greg, oh my gosh, you know, the, the, I call him the lumberjack. Big Tom this morning. How sweet were the tones when he sang, isn't the name of Jesus beautiful? Isn't he handsome? Do you like that mustache? The spirit of the Lord is on him. You know what? His heart, I don't know, but I'm sure it's like mine. It's nothing without God. But we see it. We hear the gift that God has given him and we're, we're blessed by it. And what have we got? All we've got is you guys are all going to go up to him after church where you were before this message and you were going to say, wow, I felt the anointing of God on you. Hey, you know, let's not go out of church and say, what a great church we have. Let's go out of church and say, what a great God we serve. Aren't we free from, free from the burden of life because we worship a risen saviour who's taken our broken heart and made them whole? He's taken our, our depression and given us joy. You know, he's taken our weeping in the night and he's turned it into joy in the morning. The dawn from on high shall break upon us. And you'll guide us on the road of peace. What a great God that we serve. I don't know how or when. I don't know what form it'll take. But I know that there may be pain and weeping as God reveals your heart to you. But when we put our trust in him and when we live for him, people around us will begin to live for him too. The greatest thing you can do is live for him. And when you live for him, watch the world around you change. Then you will feel that joy. Then you will feel that joy that comes in the morning. 
Isaiah 59 says this, Behold, the Lord's hand is not so short that it cannot save, nor his ear heavy that it cannot hear. The Lord's capacity to act and to listen to all of humanity is perfect. He hears and sees everything. And his arms aren't too short that he cannot act. When we pray and, and we feel like God hasn't answered us, that's not, you know, that's God is sovereign. He knows more than we know. He's got a picture that's a bigger picture than we have. He says, I am the God who was, the God who is to come, and the God who is right now. I've seen what's going to happen. I know what's going to happen, and I'm with you right now. So put your trust in me. Submit your life to me and just see what happens. See if a peace comes on you that you cannot explain. And see if the people around you all of a sudden gain hope when they're with you. You see, when you gain hope and peace, people are going to want to hang around you. And all of a sudden you're going to go, I is the man. I've got what it takes. You're not going to realize because the enemy's going to say, wow, you could lead these people to freedom. Sometimes we think that the enemy, you know, he's, 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 he's messing with you, but sometimes he messes with you in what appears to be a positive way. Wow, you are amazing. You are amazing. You are amazing. Shiloh, you are amazing. And then what is your answer? Thanks. That's what Shiloh just said. Thank you. That's right. Oh, you know what? I, I, I say to Arabella, Arabella, you're so beautiful. She says, I know, Dad. <laughs> Stop calling my daughter beautiful. She's getting, she's getting a complex that her external beauty is more important than her internal beauty. Just ask Kristen about her internal beauty this morning before church and she'll tell you a whole other story. God wants to do business with your heart. Will you let him? Who's responsible? I am. What do you think? Me too. So Isaiah 59 goes on and says, Uh-oh. Is he, 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 the Lord's hand is not too short that it cannot save, nor his ear that it cannot hear. And then it says, but your iniquities. Do you know what your iniquities are? The attitude of your heart that causes rebellion. The Bible talks about iniquities and sins and, and transgressions. You know, we'll unpack those, right? Yeah, and it says, but your iniquities have separated you from God. It doesn't say your sin has in it or your actions. The attitudes of your heart has separated you from God. And it says, and your sins. The ac- any action outside of the will of God is a sin. And your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. Our attitude and our heart's condition limits God. Psalm 78, 41 says this, They, Israel, turned back. They're in the wilderness. They turned back to where they came from, to Egypt. And what did happen? They said, and they tempted God by turning. They were with God. They, God had liberated them, but they were looking back and they limited the Holy One of Israel. What does that mean? It's talking about rebellion here. The very first act of rebellion in our faith is this. It's when we put our trust in God and allow our hope to remain anywhere else. In the world, in ourselves, in our leader, in our parents, in our government, in our block of land, in our bank account, in our health. If we put our hope anywhere outside of God, it's an act of rebellion. 
How's that for explaining the condition of our heart? We come to church because we want to improve our, our, um, our success in life. We want to get healed, saved, delivered, set free, whole. You know, God's saying, come to church because you want to know me. Because those who know their God will be strong and they will do great exploits. You don't have to worry about being strong or doing great exploits. We simply just need to get to know God. Because when we know God, everything else comes into being. When we seek his kingdom first, everything else will be added unto us. When we put our trust in God and allow our hope to remain in the world, A believer whose hope is in things limits God. 59, let's just read on. Therefore justice is far from us, nor does righteousness overtake us. We look for light, but there is darkness for brightness, but we walk in blackness. We growl like bears. We moan sadly like doves. We look for justice, but there is none for salvation, but it is far from us. For our transgressions are multiplied before you. Our sins testify against us. Our transgressions are with us. And as for our iniquities, our rebellious attitudes, we know them. Rebelling against and denying the Lord, turning away from following our God. Speaking oppression and revolt, conceiving and muttering from the heart, lying words. Don't just read the good bits. Hey, don't just read the first verse of of Isaiah 59 that says the Lord's arms are not too short that he cannot act. Hey, we love that because it means God. But he says, no, you need to know the condition of your heart. It's a tough pill to swallow today, but I want us to, to understand that it's not until we see the depravity of our own soul that we can walk in the hope who is the king of all kings and the savior of the world. We, we fall into depression when we see the condition of our own soul and don't have a God to lean on. We don't have a relationship with our Heavenly Father to, to give us hope and to give us life. I want to challenge you today to allow yourself to see your own heart. How do you do that? Simply ask yourself this question. What do I hope for? What do I hope for? Husband, wife, the girl sitting three seats to my right. It's not a judgment place. It's actually a liberating space. It's liberating to see your own brokenness. It's liberating. You know, Jesus says, if you fall on the rock, you'll be broken. He's saying that's not a bad thing. Because that same rock... It's a place for you to stand on. It's a place for you to find new hope. It's a place for you to get liberated and to lean in his strength. It's a place where you can actually stand and see beyond the status quo. The Bible says, you know, when, you're, when, you're, when you get saved, you're seated with him in the heavenlies. You have a new view. You're Googling earth, Google earthing your, your, your own property. You know, when you look out at your own garden, all you see is weeds. When you Google earth your property, all you see is green. God wants to give you a heavenly perspective about your own yard. He's saying, yes, if you have a look at the condition of your grass, it's just weeds that you're mowing, but that's okay. When you look at it from a satellite, it's all green, baby. It's all good. 
because you're looking at something that's never going to be perfect. You're looking at something that you can manicure grass all day, every day, but guess what? Those weeds are still coming. Those weeds are still coming. When I was in China recently, I saw this beautiful product called Everlasting Grass. never needs to be mowed. It's even got a few little dead bits through it that makes it look like grass. You just go the Italian way, lay the concrete, and then roll out the grass on top. Happy days everywhere. No weeds, nothing. Just beautiful grass that looks soft, but you still break your arm when you fall over, unfortunately. That's, see, there's no perfect road here on earth. It's only as we embrace the things of God that we get to experience true joy. When you look at your life up close, there's going to be weeping in the night. You're going to have disagreement. You're not going to get your own way. But when you acknowledge the greatness of God and the condition of your heart, the joy is coming in the morning. Show me, Lord. Show me my heart so that I can rightly allocate my attention on you. Justice is pushed back, verse 14, and righteous behaviour stands afar off. Truth has fallen in the street and integrity cannot enter. So truth fails. Relationship fails. Nothing will truly change for the better while our hope is in the stuff, is in the person sitting next to us, is in the person we haven't met yet. Nothing will get, liberate us while our hope is in that. And it goes on, it says, and he who departs from evil makes himself a prey. We fear that being like Ashley Judd and challenging someone like, like Harvey Weinstein, we fear the greatest fear, the reason why so many ladies in Hollywood haven't approached and challenged that because they know that if they poke the bear, they will become the prey instead of being liberated. We, we have the same thing. If I talk about the gospel at church... I will become the victim of my workplace. People will, people will hurt. It's the one area. Do you know what the beautiful thing with bullying in the world is? The one bunch of people that you can bully are the Christians and get away with it. You notice that? You can't bully anybody else except the Christians. Happy days. So you know what I mean? That's why Jesus died on the cross. Because his greatest weapon was give me everything you got. Because I serve a resurrecting father. And you may kill me, but guess what? In three days, I will be back. You may rob me of my joy today, but guess what? Joy cometh in the morning. I may feel like my road is dark, but the dawn from on high is about to break upon me. And I am going to walk in his peace and in his hope and in his life. Are you with me, church? Do you want to walk in his joy? I love the Lord's response to this crisis. Then the Lord saw it and it displeased him that there was no justice. He saw that there was no man. He wondered that there was no intercessor. God created all of these people. And as he looked across the earth, he saw no justice and he saw no one standing for justice. We're all aware of it. We see, it, we see justice on the news. We see it on, on social media. We see it everywhere we look. We look, at, we look out our front door. There are injustices everywhere. 
but we're unprepared to intervene because we don't know how. We don't know how to bring hope. Problems seem too big. Let's just create some bigger walls around our church and create a safe place until the Lord comes and we can get free of this rock. Someone should definitely do something about all those problems on this planet. What do you think? Someone should definitely, maybe the Reverend Curry could do something. He looks like a bit of a champion, giving the royals a hard time, taking the, taking the uh, focus off the bride and putting it back on the gospel. What a champion. Let's lift up Curry. Maybe he could be the leader of the UN and bring this whole world to justice. Guess what? It's going to corrupt him. Why? Because God did not call one man to stand for all. He called Jesus to die for all and everyone else to stand together as people of faith across the world, hands and feet, standing up for, for the, the ways and the things of God, standing up for the broken, reaching out and seeing where people are struggling and saying, guess what, it may be weeping tonight, but if you put your trust in Jesus, if you put your hope in God, joy cometh in the morning, church. We love an enemy. We love a champion. Guess what? Both of them reside in you today. There is an enemy within and there is a Holy Spirit who also resides in you. There is a hope of Christ that is in you. That same hope of Christ that is in you is the hope that the world's looking for. So as you acknowledge the condition of your heart and accept the risen Saviour as your Lord, guess what? You just put a loudspeaker on that hope. You don't need to say anything. You just need to walk in hope. You don't, need to, to, you don't need to declare anything. You just need to be ready to explain the hope. How come you've got so much hope? Your life doesn't look that good. How come you've got peace? You don't look that attractive. How come you're smiling all the time? You're not, you, that's not a very nice outfit. Why? And you say, you know what? I was weeping last night about the same things. But then I woke up this morning and joy came into my heart because I realized it doesn't matter how wealthy I am. I'm not going to put my glory in my wealth. It doesn't matter how many friends I've got. It doesn't matter how healthy I am. It doesn't matter how much wisdom of this world I've got. All I've got is that I know my God. And now that I know him, I feel stronger. And I stand taller and I can see things that other people can't see. And I can speak into people's lives who I would have always been afraid to speak into. Why? Because the Lord is doing a great exploit through me. Church, it's time to go home tonight and do some weeping. Weep over the condition of your soul. And know this, that as you weep, as you recognize your incapacity and put your trust in his capacity there's some joy that is cometh in in the morning. Let's stand together. Verse 16. He says this. Where are the intercessors? I don't know. He said, therefore, his own arm brought salvation for him and his own righteousness. It sustained him. For he put on righteousness as a breastplate and a helmet of salvation on his head. He put on the garments of vengeance for clothing and was clad with the zeal as a cloak. He entered the fray. He came into our midst so that when you weeped in the night, 
when you saw the condition of your heart, you could put your trust in him. You could put your anchor in him and then experience the dawn from on high and walk on the pathway of peace. Father, we just thank you that you are good. We thank you that you are enough. We thank you that you are our risen saviour. And this morning, we ask, we, before we ask this, Lord, we just ask that you'll be gentle with us. Be gentle with us, Lord, as you show us the condition of our heart. Be gentle with us as you show us the depravity of our own soul. But we give you permission to show us, Lord. Because we don't want to walk in our strength anymore, Lord. We don't want to walk in, in our hope anymore. We don't want our next holiday to be the greatest adventure that we have. Lord, we want to put our trust in you. We want our strength to come from you. We want our hope to come from you and to be in you. And we want our greatest exploits and our greatest adventure to be you doing business with people on this earth through us, Lord. Lord, we ask that you would use us this morning. Lord, we're sick of weeping and having no joy. We're sick of looking and feeling depressed about our own stories, Lord. Lord, we ask, Father, that you show us the problem and you show us the solution. Father, you show us our heart and you show us the cross, Lord. We ask, Father, that you show us enough to make us weep and then you show us your joy in the morning, Lord. We lift up your name this morning. We thank you that it is a beautiful name, Lord. We choose no other name to put our trust in this morning. Glorious God, do business with our hearts. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Come on.